Welcome back to Native Exiles, Alderwood Community Church's podcast, where we talk about following Jesus in the tension of being in the world, but not of it. And this is episode four of our summer series on prayer, our partnership with Purposely Equipped. And uh, we've talked about what prayer is, why we should pray, how we should pray. One of the really uh, big roadblocks for many people in this episode, which is uh, praying when it's hard. And if, if you have... Uh, been a follower of Jesus for very long, and you've tried to incorporate habits of prayer into your life, no doubt you've experienced seasons when it was just harder to uh, to be in prayer. It was harder to find time for that, for the habits and the spiritual disciplines of prayer. And so, kind of what we do in those spaces and how we can think about that. And so, uh, maybe you're there right now, maybe you're not, but you know you're going to be at some point. I hope this will encourage you in that moment. Let's listen. All right, so see, we've covered what prayer is, covered why we pray, how we pray. Getting a little bit more specific in this episode, and I'm excited to talk about this one because it's just so real for so many of us. I mean, all of us at certain times in our life. How do we pray when it's hard? How do we pray when we are either in a hard time of life where you know our circumstances are hard work, going through a trial, and maybe mm-hmm. we're mad at God, maybe we're disappointed, maybe we don't feel like talking to God because we don't like him very much right now, if we're, if we're honest. Um, you know, how, how do we pray uh, when we're just kind of at a loss? I mean, we just don't know what to talk about. We don't know what to say. Um, you know, we feel maybe unworthy uh, yep. to, to talk to God. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why it might be hard, but uh, that's kind of our topic for today. And I mean, if you had somebody come into your office and sit down on your couch and say, you know, Pastor Steve, I'm just, I'm in a rut right now. I mean, I just, uh, I got this thing going on in my life. I don't feel like talking to God about it. Uh, What what should I do? How do I pray when it's hard? Yeah, I think, I think we got to break them down a little bit. You know, you just named several. I mean, just identifying what is making it hard. I mean, we, we asked, you know, why we pray. This is kind of why we don't pray, right? So, like I, I'm thinking of one I heard just fairly recently that you kind of touched on there where somebody says, I believe in God, but I've made a mess of my life. It's my fault. I'm not going to ask God for anything because I don't really deserve anything. I know he's going to take care of me, but that's as far as it goes. Yeah. That, I mean, so shame, feeling like I just Tons don't have of guilt. any standing to yep. talk to God. I don't deserve it. So I'm just going to keep my distance. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what would you say to that person? I mean... It comes back to expectations, I think, you know, expecting that I have to somehow be worthy to be heard. I mean, it sounds so flippant, you know, and when you're not in that frame of mind, it's really easy to just look at that person and say, don't you know the gospel? The gospel says you're coming because you're not worthy. You're coming because you know Jesus. But just really trying to hear somebody out, hearing their circumstances, but also trying to correct that misperception, that wrong expectation that God expects me to come with all my stuff taken care of before he's going to listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, uh, I would really think it's important just to start with some of what you are saying in that situation, which is understanding that there is something that needs to be corrected. If you're in a situation where prayer is hard, where you don't have a desire to pray, you feel like you can't pray, uh, you feel like God is distant, he's not there, um, 
first is just recognizing something's off. Something's off. This isn't how it's supposed to be. I mean, you know, this is uh, there. There is something to wrestle with. Something to you know, go back to the scriptures and, and understand about who God is and what prayer is. Um, I, it's not off because prayer is just always supposed to be easy. But the right. reason why prayer is difficult is there's something spiritually going on in your heart. There's something spiritually going on in your mind that there's a problem to address. And this is where. We, you know, we've we've been using the Lord's Prayer as our example, and I think, and you brought out so helpfully that Jesus teaches to pray, "Our Father." This communal idea of prayer. This is where I would really encourage somebody. Um, you need the church, like the, mm. when you're having a conversation with somebody to say, "Hey, like let's remember the gospel together. Let's remember that we're in a relationship with God because of Jesus, because of the cross." that even though you've maybe messed up in a big way and that's real, that doesn't actually change your standing before God because of Jesus. And and if we don't go to the church, if we don't go to brothers and sisters in Christ, if we don't hear good biblical teaching from a church and you know share our life with other brothers and sisters, if you're just on your own, you can sit in that spot for a really, really long time and just flounder. I mean... Yeah, it's interesting how many people I've run into over the years too who feel so awkward praying in public. I mean, for you and me, we grew up, like you alluded to earlier, in Christian homes. I grew up in a home where we constantly were praying for meals, and it wasn't uncommon to pray before going on a trip or something like that. So it's not odd to us, but I think we really have to work as a church to foster that kind of community. And man, there's nothing worse than that like overly religious person who makes the new believer or the person who's new to the group feel like, oh, I can't pray in that flowery language. You know, yeah, you're right. It's so much healing in hearing other people pray how they express themselves to God and hearing other people pray for you. That's huge. I mean, that's huge. That's, that's one of the other things I think I would tell somebody who's saying, I just... I feel like I can't come to God because I've really messed up in a big way. I've sinned in my life. I'm, you know, I'm a mess. Um, asking people to pray for you and with you would be a huge step where, where maybe you don't feel like you even have the words to say to God. You don't even know how to express the pain that you're feeling. Uh, to hear somebody else speak truth in life over you and to come to the Father with you on your behalf, uh, verbally with you, is, is such a huge way, I think, of you kind of being brought to God in prayer, even if you aren't capable of getting there on your own. Yeah, kind of like the paralytic when his friends lower him through the roof Absolutely. to Jesus. Yeah, Absolutely. that's that's a great picture. Okay, Pastor Wyatt, well, <laughs> let, me, let me put one back on you here. I mean, I woke up this morning, went for my morning walk. It was a surprisingly pleasant June morning, and I just flat did not feel like praying. Mm. I just woke up with sort of this emotional malaise, and it just was really, really hard. Yeah. I, want, I wanted to turn on a podcast, but I hadn't charged my AirPods overnight, so I was out of luck. So, <laughs> so maybe divine intervention. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. So, so what about that situation? Yeah. So, uh, you know, going back to what we said earlier, um, that I think is a symptom of something going on in your soul. Like, I, and so if you have, if, if this is a normal thing for you, um, I just don't feel like talking to God. I just don't feel like praying. Uh, do not chalk that up to just like, I'm just not the kind of person who prays yeah. or, you know, oh, well, I, I just won't pray now. Um, you know, I think just like when, 
your body sends you signals of pain to tell you, say something's up, maybe you should, you know, figure something out. Like if your elbow is killing you, it could be something that is actually worth going to a doctor, maybe getting a split, maybe getting an x-ray. Like this is the kind of spiritual indicator in my mind of something going on, maybe minor, maybe big, maybe sin, maybe not sin, you know, maybe, uh, but, uh, I, I think it'd be worth, um, spending some time reflecting on, okay, what's going, what's going on in my life right now? What, what's going on in my mind? What am I preoccupied with? Why is it that I don't feel any desire to be with God? Uh, is there some unconfessed sin in my life that's causing me to want to keep distance from God because I know if I go to him, he's going to point it out? You know, uh, Is there something in my life where I'm really hurt right now for some reason. And, you know, that's maybe keeping me from wanting to be with God. So I asked that question, what is it that's going on? And and that's not, again, like, and I don't want to be a broken record. That may not be something that you can do on your own. That may be something that you need to process with the church, with your small group, with a counselor, with, you know, somebody who loves Jesus and loves you and who, who you can talk with. Um, but the other thing I'd say is don't beat yourself up about that. Yeah. You know, I think there's this shame spiral that can happen with prayer where, you know, you don't feel like praying or you haven't been faithful in praying uh, regularly. And so you feel bad about that. And uh, that shame actually will keep you from praying also. And so, you know, you just kind of spiral into this uh, this feedback loop of not wanting to be with God. Yep. And so, I, I, you know, I would point... I would point you back to the gospel. I'd point you back to um, just the fact that the reason why you have this relationship with God is the ability to come into his presence because of Jesus and what Jesus has done for you, that God looks on you with love and with uh, grace, mercy, and compassion and, and desires relationship with you. And so um, keep at it, you know. I like your analogy earlier of, you know, the physical analogy when you feel some ache or pain. I, like for me this morning, it for one thing, it took some time, mm-hmm. you know. I just, uh, thankfully... I had the time to be out on a nice leisurely walk and just it took me a good 20 minutes to kind of talk myself out of that funk and say, it's okay. You know, I was I was expecting somehow that because the weather was nice, my spirits were going to soar yeah. and that prayer would just come so easily. And, and it didn't. It took me a while to kind of get my, my head in the right space. But I was also thinking of a, of a scripture that is so helpful here because, you know, we mentioned this earlier. I mean, a lot of people have struggled with this. Very, very godly people. And I love this scripture from Paul himself, you know, one of the godliest men who's ever walked the earth in Romans 8. He says, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Like, like, my fumbling words and even sometimes silence, the Holy Spirit is translating that mm-hmm. to God in words of praise. And I also know Hebrews tells us that Jesus is constantly interceding for us. So that's like a huge reminder for me. It just gets yeah. me out of my funk that I'm not doing this on my own. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And, and you know, I might also say in that moment, not knowing what to say, not having a desire to, to share anything with God in that moment, um, maybe maybe it's time to listen. Maybe it's a time to just be quiet before mm. the Lord and ask him to speak, to ask him to bring to mind what he desires for you to be thinking about and, um, you know, take some of the pressure off of you to have this list of things that you need to be talking to God about right now and to just spend some time 
just it's you know some people call this practicing the presence of God. Right. Just simply being aware of God's presence and letting that be enough in that moment. And you know we talk about relationship and prayer. That's a very relational thing to do. You know when you when you have a deep relationship with somebody, you're not necessarily talking to them all the time. Uh, sometimes you're just together. Uh, you, know, I, I, you know I'm thinking of my relationship with my wife Kate. I mean we don't we would drive each other crazy if we were talking to each other all the time, you know? Uh, and I'm not saying that you're going to drive God crazy, but I'm just saying, you know, it's part of being in a relationship is just being together. And, and maybe that's enough for a morning like that when you don't have uh, a burning desire to talk with God, to just, to just bring your attention to him, to just, you know, be aware of his presence in your life. Let me take a little bit of a hard right here. I mean, what if we're talking to somebody who's just finding it incredibly difficult to pray because they have been through an almost impossibly painful situation. I mean, you and I both know people who have been through really tough situations like losing a child or losing a loved one, um, even long-term job loss and losing homes. I mean, you pray, it seems like God doesn't answer or he doesn't answer the way you'd hoped. You just feel let down. How does somebody like that get out of Yeah, it's so hard. I mean, because there's, there's more than one thing going on there. There's just your own emotional um, state of going through whatever that is. I mean, yeah, losing a child, uh, you know, just the the weight that that is on your soul, just the depression even of going through something like that can just take the energy away from wanting to do anything spiritual or otherwise. And so right. there's that aspect. But I think another big piece of it is that for many people, there's an anger in that. Yeah. You know, there's an idea that why would I want to talk to God when he just did this to me? Like, you know, why would I have any desire to be with him if this is how he's treating me? And that could be, that could be the source of anger. There also could be just a little bit of futility, maybe, maybe not anger, but just, um, why bother talking to God if he couldn't stop this from happening? You know? Uh, So maybe you don't blame him for doing it, but you're just like, if he, I mean, if he didn't keep this thing from happening, why would I bring anything else to him uh, after this? And I, I just would start by saying I wouldn't come to that person with a really neat and tidy theological answer. Yeah. You know, I, what, I would, what I would do hopefully is to sit with that person and mourn with that person, to pray over that person, to pray for that person. Um, but as maybe God gives me the opportunity to think through this theologically with them at some point to encourage them and shepherd them. Um, I think, you know, you brought up the idea of expectations and what prayer is. And I do think that that is at play here. You know, prayer isn't ultimately about getting God to give us what we want or, or protect us from everything that might harm us. It is about relationship. And so, you know, you may have desperately asked for God to protect you from a terrible thing that ended up happening to you, and His answer was no. His, his he He allowed it to happen. Um, but if if you desire a relationship with Him, if you see Him as a Father, I think the question then becomes: Okay, this this terrible thing did happen. Do you want to walk through that with God, or do you want to walk through that alone? And so I think prayer at that point just becomes a, God, I, I need you to get through this. Yeah. I, yeah. We mentioned those basement Psalms earlier. I read a little bit from Psalm 88. I mean, you know, we talk about Christ to think about 
Jesus in the garden at that lowest, hardest point of his life as he was facing the worst possibly imaginable painful death on the cross, you know, calling out to God, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But we also see him after that prayer was answered with a no on the cross, even saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is almost paradoxical, right? He feels like God has left him, but he's still calling out to God. And I just the model of that, like you said, going through that pain with God, even when it feels like you're doing it without God, is modeled by Jesus. You know, it's it's a painful road to walk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's any neat answer to that question. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that's gonna that's gonna make that become an easy situation. But I think hopefully this is where you can remember the truth and have the truth spoken to you that God is good. Uh, terrible things happen in this, in this world, terrible evil happens in this life. We will experience the pain of that many times in our life, but God is good. And, uh, you know, that truth hopefully can keep you tethered to him in prayer, even in the midst of a hard situation that, uh, you know, God promises that even in the worst things, he will work for good for those who love him and are are called according to his purpose. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't given up on you. Uh, This terrible thing didn't happen to you because God doesn't like you or is done with you or rejects you or anything. He still is close to you. He hasn't forgotten you. And so the invitation is still there to be close to him, even in the midst of pain and mourning. And God says that he's close to us in our mourning. Yeah. There's a great Psalm that talks about how God is very near in the time of need. I mean, one of the things I can say for this, and I have not been through the kind of pain that some of the people you and I have talked with in our own offices have been through losing a child or anything like that. And we've had some deep disappointments, of course, but that's the times when you discover some of those promises about God and even who he is that are so precious. Like I'll never forget the first time I read, I think it's the end of Isaiah where God says, or Isaiah says about God in our distress, he was distressed. You know, sometimes we just picture God as like the cosmic clerk who takes our complaints or, you know, he's like our congressman and we write him a letter. I mean, he's, he is there as a loving father to listen, to love, to never leave, even in our hardest moments. And he doesn't always offer an explanation Mm -hmm. or maybe the explanation comes 10 years down the road or an eternity. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the other thing I'd say is, um, sometimes it's in our, hardest moments that it's most difficult to step back and see bigger picture things. And I, and I think I might, you know, encourage somebody to allow their mourning, to allow their disappointment, to allow their anger to drive them to pray how the book of Revelation and the whole scriptures end, to just pray, Jesus, come quickly, you know, come Lord Jesus, uh, to, to long for the renewal of all things, to long for the day when pain and sin and death will be no more. And that doesn't do anything about your current situation. It doesn't fix any of the problems, but it is a way of just uh, staying connected to God in the midst of that to say, okay, my hope really is in the the new heavens and the new earth. And I don't know how I'm not going to have Pain. I mean, if you've gone through a really terrible thing, if you've lost a child, if you've, um, you know, gone through an abusive situation of some kind, like, I don't 
intellectually know how in the new heavens and the new earth, I will still remember that that's happened, but it won't cause me pain any longer. I just know the promise that, yep. that Jesus is going to wipe away every tear, that he is going to end pain and death, that, that in the new heavens and the new earth, uh, things will be made whole again, and we can long for that even in our, in our mourning. I go back to that picture of Jesus in the garden, you know, and, and maybe the one expectation I would underline more than any other here in the context of prayer is expecting that it's going to be easy or that it's always going to be easy. There are moments of prayer. I mean, I've had them in my life. You've had them in yours when God has just done incredible things and just praise, you know, bubbles out of you. You can't control it. But those dark moments, Jesus literally sweat drops of blood because he was so overcome by the pain and the stress. That was prayer for him. Prayer can take that form too. And yet God was with him through that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe I'll just close this episode and say a quick prayer for people who are in that spot right now. Awesome. Lord, I I just ask that uh, for those listening to this podcast right now, wherever they are, whatever they're going through, people who have been in maybe the hardest time of their life, uh, just recently, uh, with unimaginable pain, with hurt and with disappointment. Uh, God, I pray that you would draw very near to them right now, that you would give them uh, a sense of your presence, of your love for them, that, that you are with them in the valley of the shadow of death, that you haven't forsaken them. And Lord, I pray that you would surround them with your church, with brothers and sisters in Christ, with people to speak truth, to point them back to Jesus. And God, I pray Uh, even though it may be impossible to imagine what it might look like, that you would, as you've promised, work for good, even in the midst of this terrible thing. Um, Lord, we love you, and uh, we are grateful that you never abandon us. So thank you for the truth of Jesus. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Wyatt and I have really enjoyed our partnership with our friends at Purposely Equipped talking about prayer. Purposely Equipped is a podcast that is part of Purposely, a podcast network focused on helping you find and live in God's purpose for your life. If you'd like to find out more about Purposely, you can check out on Purposely. We really hope this has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. And White and I are really excited about our next season of Native Exiles launches this fall. Please continue to subscribe and we will look forward to seeing you then.